baby, she talks softly. My baby, she found out you catch more flies with honey, more with a whisper than a shout. Here we go. Howdy, I'm Annie Bearface. My uncle Matt's burning daylight. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in western Nevada. I'm getting around a little later because it's my day off. So if that that doesn't suit you, I truly don't care. I'm kind of taking it easy until I get uh, my wife cracking the whip on me and making me do shit. So in the meantime, I'm out here feeding horses. I got uh, my good mare Clara, who I've mentioned before. She is a dual pep and Doc Hickory bred mare. And uh, and then I've got the kid's horse, Cha-Cha, and she is an old retired rope horse with a bad hip, but she is super gentle and uh, good with the kids, and the girls like to ride her, so we keep her around, and uh, she is finally kind of recovered from the, the winter. She was looking a little tough coming out. Uh, it wasn't super cold here this year, but it was wet, and uh, and I fed fed the hell out of her and she she just looked a little tough but she's old and uh but she's put some weight back on and she's looking good now so as i'm getting rolling i was looking at the news this morning and uh i shared this article on the show page on facebook and i thought it was awesome because it was it was a very much a troll move by trump <clears throat> and uh he has ordered certain USDA personnel to move from Washington, D.C. to the Kansas City area so they can be closer to the people they are supposed to be working with, which would make sense. But, of course, uh, um, the people in in the bureaucracy and in the media cannot admit when Trump does something they like, so then they have to spin it some other way. But... The article said it was supposed to save a whole ton of money over the next 10 years, which I, I won't believe that until I see it because as soon as another administration moves in, that'll get changed around and then spending never goes down in Washington. I don't know if you've noticed that, but remember when the Republicans complained about spending? It wasn't that long ago, but they, yeah. I shared a meme here a while back that uh, was pretty true. It was one of those Steven Crowder memes, you know, changed my mind, and it said, Republicans and Democrats, they're both just socialists who are arguing over how to spend someone else's money. And um changed my mind. <laughs> I thought it was perfect. But anyway, I thought this was a pretty, pretty good move by Trump, mostly cause, uh, because of the outrage over it, like I said. <laughs> constant outrage but uh i thought it was pretty good so uh you can read that article there at burning daylight page on facebook and uh i guess we'll get started with the day today's show is brought to you once again by the d-bags don't be a gunsel and um I've had a few comments on what a gunsel is, and uh, typically a gunsel is kind of kind of described as somebody who looks like a cowboy, dresses like a cowboy, 
They overall don't know what the fuck they're doing. And, uh, and they're pretty prevalent anywhere you go. And some people have different names for them depending on what line of work you're in. But for us in the cowboy world, we call them a gunsel. But anyway, Don't Be a Gunsel is the website started to, uh, started with the working cowboy who has a sense of humor in mind. And they also have a line of merch that you can buy. Uh, they've got some hats and some stickers and uh, a coffee mug. Uh, you can find them at Don't Be a Gunsel on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, if you go buy any of their merch, make sure you use the promo code Burning Daylight and get 10% off. It'll help them out, that'll help me out, and you get some cool shit for a little bit cheaper. And their prices are already pretty cheap. So go, I'll go check them out, support them, and uh, use the Burning, uh, burning Daylight promo code B U R N I N. D-A-Y-L-I-G-H-T. I uh, I spelled the daylight wrong yesterday because uh, I'm a fucking hand, that's why. But anyway, go check them out. Don't be a gunsel. So today I'm just doing a few honeydews around the house, doing a little yard work. I'm uh, kind of the head maintenance people around, around these parts. Uh, little story about that there was when I went to work over in Syracuse the very very beginning there was this uh, one of the pen writers this old Mexican guy named uh, uh, Manuel and uh, he, he was pretty funny he was, he'd, had been there for 30 something years just riding pens and uh, you could always had a real deep voice of course with the thick heavy Mexican accent but he'd uh every time there was a rail down or something because we had uh, a lot of lodgepole wood fences at that that yard and so they were always down but he'd call the maintenance guys on the radio maintenance people and uh <coughs> you'd have to turn your radio down <coughs> way down because he was he was loud and uh <clears throat> that has always always stuck with me so i always call myself the the head maintenance people when i when i go do something around the house like that so for today's octagon call out i am going to uh throw in the ring whoever was the first person to make popular the use of the word kiddos and or doggos they're kids and they're dogs pups babies would also be acceptable but doggo and kiddo those are just dumb fucking words and i don't like them and i don't like you whoever made them popular so let's get it on here's a little father-in-law steve story for you okay go Anyhow, Holly Dog stayed at camp with <coughs> Eric's deaf mute cousin. Oh, I can't remember his name now. What was that guy's name? But anyhow, as we get back to camp about noon thirty or so, and the whole front of the tent's all barricaded up. And what the hell's going on? So he goes to explain and in his sign language and stuff to Eric that Holly'd been dry humping his leg. Oh. <laughs> and he, 
what the hell? And, and he's, so Eric said, well, let me see him do it, and I'll get a picture of it. We'll put it on YouTube. We'll go viral with this damn thing here. Well, geez, I thought that cousin of his was going to kill him when he told him that for deaf, numb, mute. He threw his glasses off and come flying Eric and kick his ass. And you know, put that on YouTube. <laughs> well, I don't know because of the guy's, you know, he had no voice, but he's got this. I know. I'm Everybody did that. You know. Yeah, I remember. So I must have got the dog excited. Next thing she left me. She thought she was a male and oh my gosh. On his leg. <laughs> so I was mentioning, I've mentioned several times that I grew up down in the southeast corner of Colorado. So, well, I mean the southeast corner. I mean the very, very southeast corner. If I was, if you drove east about 10 or 12 miles, you were at the Kansas border. And if you drove south about 8 to 10 miles, you're at the Oklahoma border. And then it was the Oklahoma panhandle, so, you know, from there, it's only about 40 miles across the, the panhandle, and then you're in the, the Texas panhandle. Or if you went uh, you went southwest about 45 miles or so, it was Clayton, New Mexico. So there was there's five states right there, all within a close proximity. And uh, I wanted to talk about Oklahoma a little bit because I really really kind of like Oklahoma. It can, uh, but Okies catch more shit than just about anybody I've ever met because uh, they're above Texas and uh, of course Texas being what Texas is they uh, they kind of look down their noses at the Okies and then uh, kind of the same thing with Colorado being right above them they, uh, they kind of talk shit on the Okies and then uh, and I've never met that I can recall never met anybody from Oklahoma that I didn't like but they... Uh, they catch a lot, you know, they caught shit from both sides, Texas and Colorado, and Kansas as well. Uh, but then I moved out here to Nevada, and uh, even out here, the Okies can't catch a break, because during the Dust Bowl, there was the great Okie migration out to California, where all these, all these Okies packed up, you know, like the Grapes of Wrath, and... Uh, headed to California and they lived in these little a lot of <coughs> a lot of them lived in these little shanty towns <coughs> looking for work I think it was mostly in the central valley of California where all the all the orchards and uh ranches and and whatnot are where the the big agriculture producing area of California is so uh I, I got out here and everybody's well that is the oakiest rig I've ever seen or that that is an oaky job and uh I learned, I come to find out, it's basically the same, you know, the West Coast version of uh, Jerry Rig. You know, when you just cobble something together and make it work. <laughs> and uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, nothing nothing against any of you Okies, but uh, you're always going to catch shit from, from every angle, it seems like. And, uh... 
So, uh, I think because of that, I'll, uh, I'll give you Okies uh, a little shout out and play a little Stony LaRue for you. So I got this new recorder and uh, it came with a lapel mic, but it doesn't work with a shit. It's worse than my earbuds that I was using, but uh, just recording without an external mic, this thing works pretty good. So I think we are in business, so the recording quality should be a little bit better. And uh, as soon as I figure out how to do some sound editing, we're gonna get all sorts of professional up in this motherfucker. Uh, hold on tight. I don't know what's gonna happen. But we got some big things in the works, and I uh, won't speak on them yet because I don't wanna wanna jinx it. But seems to be a lot of cool stuff getting ready to happen, and uh, hopefully we're ready for it. But. Y'all, keep doing what you do, keep supporting me, and uh, like, review, uh, share. I've uh, put up a post on the Facebook page, on the show page, and on Instagram as well, but I thought it'd be kind of funny, is uh, send me a, a topic that you think I would know nothing about. Chances are that I will know a little bit about it which might make it even better because I might know just enough to get started. But something you think I don't, I don't know much about, and I will do absolutely zero research for it, and I will, I will just go off on that subject for however, I, I see, however long I see fit, and we'll call the segment Talking Out My Ass. And... Uh, so, so far, we've got suggested quantum physics and Chernobyl. Quantum physics, I really know nothing about. Chernobyl, I know just enough to where I could maybe make it halfway believable, even though it'd be all bullshit. But, we'll see. Uh, comment on that, and uh, and uh, the best one, I will I will do it. And whatever I think is going to be the funniest. Another, another thing I asked if there's any subjects that I did know about that you wanted to wanted me to talk about, and uh, I got a message the other day from. Let me find his name here. His name is Stephen Colum, and he is from. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and he was wanting to get into the cow business, run some cows of his own, and he was <clears throat> asked if I would maybe talk about that a little bit. And so this is kind of a halfway, sort of talking out my ass segment as it is. But I know that if you're going to get in the cow business and you don't own land and... Uh, you don't have cows at the moment. It's going to be pretty tough going for a while. The cow market's pretty, pretty finicky, and land is not cheap. And uh, cows can be cheap, but a lot of times it's hard to, to make payments on land and cattle, both, and still make money. So 
Um, my best advice for somebody like that is to find you some grass that you can uh, that you can lease. And uh, in Louisiana, I imagine uh, the grass is pretty thick where where it does grow, so you could. You don't have to have a whole lot to run a couple head, but just go go to a sale barn. And depends on what you want to do. If you're wanting to, to do cow-calf, I would say buy some some heavy bred cows. Uh, with, uh, you know, bred to decent bull. And, and just buy one or two at a time, you know. If it's a heifer, keep the heifer back if you like it. And if not, you know, if it's a... Uh, the bull calf castrate him sell him uh when after weaning and invest that money back into buying another and next thing you know you'll have have a little herd and then you've then you kind of got once you sell your calf crop you got a little money to play to play with and that way you may not have to take out a bunch of money to to get started you can you can start slow and it may not seem like much but the next thing you know you'll have 10 20 head of cows so i don't know whatever that whatever it takes to to raise the money for it you know just uh whether it be uh not going to the bar as much or uh you know just cutting a few things out of out of your life that you don't need or whatever the case may be but just uh i would suggest start small and that way your investment is not not so huge that if uh, you know if it all went to went to shit you're not out a whole lot I mean you you don't wanna you really don't wanna blow your blow your wad off the bat and then and then that's it so I would, I would suggest starting small uh, that way you can you can kind of learn as you go and if you get a you buy an older cow not old old but you know you get one that's five six years old still got some life to it but she's already had a she's already put a couple calves on the ground uh, then you uh, she'll pretty well do the work for you and then you gotta you just gotta keep her fed kept keep her watered make sure the baby gets up and sucks and and then then you're on your way. If you wanted to run stalker type cattle, it's a little different deal because you uh, you probably want to buy a a truckload at a time and put them out on grass. But that's a, a pretty significant investment, especially for uh, for a guy just starting out. And uh, so that's one way to go too. And uh, the good thing about that is you don't own them for very long. You, uh, you know, you bring them in, uh, you process them, run them out on grass and uh, make sure everything's doing, doing well. You put some pounds on them and then you sell them. And hopefully you make a little bit of money on that. And in that case, on that type of scenario, I'd, I'd for sure get you some sort of uh, risk management expert so you can he can let you know he or she let you know whether you'd be better off uh, 
hedging your cattle and forward contracting them or you know selling them on the video auction or uh, just taking them to the sale barn which sometimes is the best case scenario but it's uh there's there's many ways to there's you know more than one way to skin a cat and there's more than one way to get started in the cow business but there's a few suggestions uh if anybody else has some that they'd like to share uh put them on put them on my facebook page or instagram or whatever shoot me a shoot me a message on either one of them and uh and maybe we'll just get a little conversation started on on the social media page we'll uh you know, amongst all the memes and dick jokes and and whatnot, we'll have some actual actual conversations about cattle. And uh, I put up some pictures of a necropsy we did yesterday. And uh, so we'll uh, we'll make that a little forum for for us cattle-minded people to uh, to uh, congregate at, and uh, maybe some people can learn a few things. But. Thanks, uh, Stephen, for sending me a message, and I hope that helps. So I'm going to end the show on kind of a braggadocious type of note. Uh, you know, when you're when you're big of a top hand as I am, you got to talk about yourself a little bit. It's also another reason why I started this podcast. So, anyhow, there was one day about. I think it was right around last April, maybe. I had just started roping with a long rope on a and dallying on a slick horn, so I'm still getting used to things. Uh, but for a top hand like myself, it's no big deal. And uh, we had just got done doctoring all of our sick cattle for the day, and I was headed to put cattle away, and we were going down pins one through four. And they're great big pins, about 300 head you can fit in there. And uh, put a lot of cattle in there. And there was two pins of big Holstein steers that were pushing 1,000 pounds. And uh, big dumb animals, and they like to play. And then the other two pins were these little bitty dairy heifers, and they, they weighed maybe 400. And I had, had a couple steers off that alley, and then that one little heifer and sure enough that little heifer managed to blow by me into a pin of steers I mean I had my horse's shoulder up against the fence and she still squeaked by so off I go into fish her out of that pin and of course these big dumb steers are trying to ride her to death I mean they are they're bound and determined to just fuck her right into the ground and uh and because of that, she is not seeing anything, let alone the gate. And she's just running. Just running to get the hell out of there. But anywhere except towards the gate. So I shake out a loop, being the badass that I am. And I slap it on her, no big deal. And uh, as soon as that rope came tight, she went to bucking and bellering like they do. And of course, Holstein steers being what they are. Uh, just swarmed her and it just looked like a goddamn mosh pit and every time I'd try to try to dally one of them damn steers would try to jump over my rope of course they jump through it so slide some rope and eventually and then my 
Then at the same time, we had a couple steers trying to trying to ride up the the back end of my horse, and uh, and he went to losing his goddamn mind. He never bucked, but he decided he was uh, goddamn secretariat, and away he went. And I'm trying to I'm hauling off with uh, with the bit, trying to get him slowed down. I'm still trying to save this little roping excursion because. Like I said, I'm uh, I'm motherfucking hand, and uh, eventually got to the point. Where, well, this ain't gonna work, so better bail. And I pitched my coils, and wouldn't you know, one of the last coils sucked down tight on my arm. Luckily, it didn't didn't half hitch. It just sucked down and popped me right out of my saddle, and I landed on my face in a big pile of shit. And uh, old Simon. My horse that I was riding, he he grabbed his ass and ran up to the top corner by the bunk, and that little heifer grabbed her ass and she ran to the opposite corner at the back fence. And here I am scraping shit off my chest and my face, and uh, I'm without a horse or a rope. So I go gather my horse, and by the time I got over, that heifer they had uh, they had rode her pretty hard, and she was sopping wet. From just getting licked on and rode and whatnot, and uh, she looked like a drowned rat at that point, and she was not ready to put up much more of a fight. So I was able to just keep her on a loose rope and take her out the out the gate, and then able to lay her down and get my rope back and put her up, no problem. And my my shoulder uh, didn't hurt surprisingly. I must have. Uh, must have popped it back into where it needed to be because I felt pretty good till the next day and then I had a had a great big bruise right around my wrist and uh, my shoulder was on fire for about two days but I guess what don't kill you just hurts like a son of a bitch so that's <laughs> part of the cowboy life so with that story I hope you're all impressed and think even more of me than you already do uh, and if not, well, I don't know what to do then. But I'm going to call that good for the day. So, as always, go find me on Facebook, uh, Matt McKinley. You can find me on Facebook, or Twitter and Instagram, at MickerMac85. Follow the show page, Burning Daylight, on Facebook, at Burning Daylight on Instagram. Uh, find the show on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker. And hopefully... One of these days, maybe, I guess it's only been four days, but still, get your shit together, Apple. We'd like to like to get on your platform. So, hopefully Apple here in the near future. Until then, uh, y'all keep doing what you're doing. Like, share, rate, review. Uh, tell your friends more than anything. Just And listen. Just listen to the show and tell your friends. And uh, we've got a few big things in the work. I don't want to go very far in detail because I don't want to jinx the shit out of myself so but it looks like we got some really cool things happening in the new, near future and uh, we could get a ton of exposure here so hopefully keep uh, keep it up and uh, the more you guys like everything and share it the, the better off it's going to be and uh, that's it for to me hope y'all that's it for me today Hope you all have a good one. I'm going to turn the rest of the show over to my niece Mallory.
We'll catch you guys later. On, go. My name is Mallory, and my uncle Matt needs to move his ass because we're in burning daylight. She talks softly, my baby. She found out you catch more flies with honey, more with a whisper than a shout. My baby, she don't scold me. She don't like to fight. She knows a little secret how to keep me home at night. Simple things, sunsets and dewy mornings, and the way my guitar rains. We like to sing together, harmony all night long. She don't need flash or fancy, she loves a one chord song, one chord song, all night long, never does me wrong. song